All right, are we live, Thomas? We got good audio? Awesome, awesome. There's a little bit of a delay on my preview monitor, but it is technically the July episode of the QA, even though I know it's August, but uh, we had a, I had a travel week, I had some delays, I had some plans, and uh, I'm pretty pumped to be here live at Rainier Arms Firearms Academy in Wichita. So uh, audio is looking good. Any thumbs up? Anybody commenting yet, Thomas? Scott, good to have you. All right, we've got our first viewer from Texas. Well, excellent, guys. Thank you very much for joining. It is our live stream where at the end of the month, we answer your questions. Thomas is going to go ahead and throw the email address up on the screen. If you want to see your question on the show and you can't make the live stream, make sure you email us. That email address is shown below. That is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. You can see it right down there. And as always, at the end of the month, we are live. We answer those questions. Uh, I answer the email questions, we answer your live comments, we answer messages, all that other stuff, and we give away a prize. Thanks to our sponsor, Global Ordnance, which is awesome. And also thanks to Rainier Arms for having me. I work with these guys a lot. They're amazing people, love them, love the products. I'm super awesome to have a great relationship with Rainier and Guns and Tactics, all that. So uh, we have a lot of really cool stuff at this uh, facility here, and I'm honored to be here. So maybe somebody will stop by and have a seat on the couch and ask a question even live. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are for that. But here's the other cool thing, dudes. One of my favorite things about Wichita is they have a Krispy Kreme here. And as you guys know, I love donuts. So one of my favorite things when I come to Wichita is I get Krispy Kremes delivered to me. That was one of my demands if they're going to do a live show. So mm, I'm telling you, we used to have Krispy Kreme in Minnesota, and I don't know what happened to them. But the fact that not sponsored, they, uh, they're here. I always make sure to stop by. I know. Rude to eat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's get to it. What's our first comment question, Thomas? Thomas is helping me out behind the camera. We got Jason here. Best couple to have a Glock 19 slide mill to add a Holocon SCS red All right. Best slide milling for a Glock 19 Holocon SCS. That's right? All right. Uh, Danger Close does amazing work. Love those guys. I don't know how their backlog is. Obviously, Rainier, uh, if you send it to Rainier, uh, they can get it done too for you. I don't, again, I'll have to double check service times, but Danger Close, uh, Vulcan Machine, uh, DSC Gunworks, Dave Simic, uh, or Simic, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, those are the people that I generally send my stuff to for machining. Like I have a DWX at uh, DSC Gunworks right now uh, for a slide milling. That's again, Dave Simic. It's D. DSC Gunworks, I'm pretty sure is what it's called. You can Google for that. I can't have direct links and stuff, but uh, Danger Close, Vulcan Machine, all good to go. I'll take really good care of you. So that's definitely who I would go for. And you can kind of check to see what pricing and timeline and all that other stuff is too. Uh, but we got, we got a super chat for how much? 10 bucks. From who? Dwabs. Oh, <laughs> from Dwabs. Well, all right. Thanks, Dustin. I appreciate that. Dustin is a regular. Uh, I do appreciate the super chat. You can go ahead. I don't know if you can throw that on the screen or sweet. Thanks, man. So my delay is a little bit um, delayed. We were kind of hoping that when he put the question, I could read it, but there's a little bit of a delay. So we'll just kind of see, see how it goes. But uh, yeah, next question is from David. What do we got? Ooh, the RCR, the RMR, but closed emitter. So for those of you guys that don't know, uh, I did publish my video on the RMR HD, which I know is not what you're asking about, but I do got to give a, a plug for the video. 
The RMR HD was the updated RMR that we've all been waiting for, and I have been very vocal, and I've even told Trigicon this, that the Trigicon RMRs have become stale. And I've known about the RCR and the RMR HD for a while. I couldn't talk about it. Um, you know, those of you guys that know, that follow, if you're new here, very, very much welcome to you. But uh, I do a lot of red dot training around the country for LE contract and agencies and all that. And Trigicon did tell me that they were working on some stuff a while ago, right? A lot of people called it the Type 3. Well, what they didn't know was that there was going to be two, and they are the RMR HD and the RCR. The RMR HD is everything that I wanted for in an RMR. I was kind of hoping that they were able to maybe not have that overhang, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Now, the RCR, the version that I got eyes on, like, a few months ago, uh, was not as refined as what the final production version is now. And the concern that I had then and the concern that I have now uh, is I'm just really interested. I think they're calling them capstan screws is what they're calling. I, uh, I don't have the detail sheet in front of me. But basically what they do is they're having these screws, a socket head cap screw with those little holes for those of you guys that haven't seen it. And then you kind of use your hex wrench as almost a spanner wrench to tighten these screws down and there's a little torque card. I'm really curious how that system is going to hold up. Now, I have mad respect for uh, Trigicon because they were able to make an enclosed emitter optic in the RMR footprint. And there's a ton of RMR footprint cut slides, cut adapter plates, you know, whatever. So I would argue that the RMR is still one of the most popular pistol optics. And now that all of those people who own that firearm can utilize an enclosed emitter with that footprint, I think is pretty cool. Okay, so I'm going to give credit where credit is due. And let's be honest, RMR was the gold standard in pistol optics for a long time. Uh, from what I've been told, the RCR is going through all of the rigors of drop testing that Trigicon does. Drop testing, shock testing, impact, weather resistance, all that stuff. I think the RCR is going to be pretty cool, but they're also not cheap at a street price of about 650 bucks. So that's kind of the give and take. And you have already proven quality optics on the market. Like you have the Holosun 509, which is one of my favorite closed emitter optics. Now you have the EPS. And there might be some other stuff from Holosun in the works that I can't talk about. But Holosun is always evolving and doing really cool stuff too. So I think there's gonna be some really cool options. Um, for example, one of my favorite new enclosed emitter optics as well is the SCS320 from Holosun. That's an enclosed optic and it uses the Delta Point Pro footprint because they're able to figure out the battery mounting and all that other stuff. So a lot of cool stuff in the works, a lot of cool stuff coming out. It's a good time to be a shooter and a buyer because we have options and ultimately that's the best part. Um, the other video that I will be having live uh, coming soon, I know it's an Acro footprint, uh, is going to be the Adaball E2. And that has a street price of under $300. It's an Acro footprint optic, has a top-mounted battery. The clicks and turrets feel really good. Uh, that video will be coming live this afternoon. I'll publish it probably this afternoon after the live stream and stuff. But check that out. And that's an, a budget option because uh, sometimes I just review high-end stuff and other people are like, hey, man. My budget, I can't afford. So I, I like to have good, better, best, and I like to look for good quality. And that Attaball, I have several hundred rounds through it, and it's been holding up just fine, and it looks really good. So sorry to go on the rant. Thank you, Thomas. What else we got? Uh, we got Rusty Taylor. He says, box on the Voodoo 1-8. The EOTech Voodoo 1-8. I like EOTech optics. I didn't at first. It wasn't that I disliked them. It's just I'm always a little skeptical of the new kid on the block, right? And when EOTech is trying to come out with an optic of Me Too, uh, but I did a re review on their 1 to 10 uh, not that long ago. Well, it's probably a few months ago now. And that was a really nice optic. The reticle wasn't quite perfect. The, the ghost ring, the big ring was a little too big for my taste or, um, you know, whatever. But 
Uh, EOTech's making some nice optics. They've tracked well. Their optic quality is good. They're made in Japan. If, if you can find the reticle that you like and the price is there, all the other features are there, I really don't think you'd regret it. I think it's a good good optic. And there's a lot of good 1 to 8s on the market, but the EOTech is a solid option. Uh, the only thing I wish, obviously, is that the illumination was a little brighter for daylight bright, but, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, I don't know if you're in a hurry, but uh, at SHOT Show, there will be some cool stuff coming out, too, that I can't talk about. But cool stuff. Probably a little bit more expensive, though. What else we got, man? And this was for the Glock? Is that what you said? Can you leave a comment what platform it's going to be for? If it's uh, going to be for the Glock or, or something else. And hopefully you guys can hear me okay. I don't know if you can hear the sounds of freedom in the background. Because uh, we are at a range, right? And maybe... I don't know if we can, we can't go really go on a tour on the live stream because people can't be handling stuff, but uh, that's part of like the the community standards. But um, if it's for an SCS for a Glock and you just want that direct mount with the MOS pocket, good to go, my man. Uh, it, it good to go. I would buy it right now, and you're not going to regret it. In fact, I need to publish my SCS video for the Glock. I I have that. Yeah, Glock. You're good to go. Good to go. Uh, if you wanted to, you know, if you already have an MOS. Uh, I still, my favorite Holosun optic out right now is the EPS. Um, I just, I really like the EPS line, the EPS carry line. Like, so on my personal Glock 19, I have an EPS. On my Glock 43X, I have an EPS carry. And if you have an MOS and you are okay with like a, a 507K plate, um, I would just do the EPS. That's me personally. But if you like that no fuss, no muss, don't have to worry about battery, I just get a little solar charge. The SCS has been holding up good. And the new SCS... So the very first one that I had was kind of a pre-production, and it didn't have that override mode that they have now. When they added that, uh, game changer for the SCS, because that was always my complaint, is that it wasn't quite bright enough in certain situations. Well, now you tap that button once, and it blooms really bright, so it has like an override mode on the SCS. Love it. It sits nice and low. You can use standard height sights. You don't need suppressor height sights. It's actually a really cool optic. If you want to get something right now, just get the SCS. You're not going to regret it. It's a good optic. It's durable. It's held up really well for me. Tracks well. I wouldn't hesitate to buy it. There's always going to be new stuff coming, man. Always going to be new stuff. Just like a phone. Like the second you buy a phone, there's a new one coming out. So. And then, Robbie Smith, he says, are we going to be able to shoot here in Minnesota AR pistol as long as no brace? My local CO can't even give me an answer. Yeah, if it's a legal pistol, you can still shoot it, as long as it's of uh, the caliber that meets Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has the caliber requirement or whatever for pistols, and if it's a pistol, it's a pistol, man. Um, you're, you're good to go. Good to go. As far as a brace, I don't know, brace mace. Uh, when we have a lull, we should probably throw up uh, some email questions as well and thank some of the email supporters, too. All right, we're throwing up an email question. No, and this, these are from Kevin. Got to give a shout out to Kevin. He's our number one Patreon supporter, which, by the way, if you guys want to support the channel, we would appreciate it. We're trying to grow the Patreon page. Um, Kevin, I only have owned one Daniel Defense, and uh, it was, I think it had a, a, the original RAS rail, a Riz rail, but I haven't really experienced it. Uh, I know there's a lot of screws on some of their stuff, but overall, 
Daniel Defense, in my experience, has made a really good product. I've seen a number of them come through in classes and students and things like that, and I haven't had any issues. Obviously, anybody can put out a lemon, but um, overall, I haven't seen anything. Uh, next question from Kevin. Are there any good ways to get people to just stop and take the guns to professionals when they break out oh. firearms, especially for red dot sites? Oh, Eureka. I wish. I wish. Um, and I don't know, in between, if you want to hop back to the camera, I'm not sure if that's easy for you or if I made it. I don't see, I, I feel bad because usually I run it and now I have Thomas running it. So I can't remember how I laid it out and I kind of threw him like baptism by fire. So shout out to Thomas for helping out. Uh, is there a way for people to like come to a professional? I, I wish because I've had it where people have stripped out a screw and they try and they try and they try and they make it worse and worse and worse. I wish. Now, here's what I would always encourage anybody is that if it's beyond your skill level, if it's beyond your ability, please take it to a gunsmith. Please take it to a machinist, you know, something like that right away before it, it gets worse. Because the more material that you remove from that screw or strip that screw or make it worse, it's going to be more expensive and make it more difficult for the next person to have to fix. So please, please, please take it to a professional right away. Can't stress that enough. What do we got? Next question. First off, does anybody really have a front sight base on ARs anymore? 2004 called, they want their front sight bases back. Uh, but yes, we can certainly do that. The best tool that I have found for that is the Brownells. Uh, it's an orange block and it has uh, basically a Delrin block and it has the front sight base and it has in and out and it supports it really nice. Um, a stout hammer and a good quality cup tip punch. Obviously, as you know, I know, Kevin, you're pretty savvy on this, but for those that don't know, uh, the taper pin actually is a cone-shaped pin, but at the edge of it, it actually has a, is it concave? Is that the technical term? Curved surface. And uh, you can use a nail set, like a Starrett nail set, or a cup tip punch, which kind of has that, so it matches that because it's not flat. Most pins are are flat and you have a standard pin punch but yes i can try to add a little video to that that'd be a good idea what else we got oh that's not that's a different philip i think oh this is from the phil okay all right all right zombie apocalypse and i can take how many guns three three all right and i can only take three so here's the thing i feel like the natural question that everyone would say in the zombie apocalypse is you'd have to pick a handgun, a rifle, and a shotgun, right? I, I feel like that's like the bait question. Handgun and rifle, no problem. Like, I, we'll, we'll talk about those in a second. The shotgun, I'm a little torn on, and here's what I'm considering. So maybe we'll work through this together, kind of a, a choose our own adventure. We'll see what you guys would comment as well. But do I take a shotgun or do I take a precision rifle? And here's my thought. The shotgun, there will be ammo, there'll be hunting ammo, there'll be whatever, close quarters, the shotgun would be great for the zombie apocalypse, all that good stuff, right? But the long range might give me an advantage because it's not just the zombies I'd be worried about, if you know what I mean. Like, have you seen The Walking Dead? Some of the most evil things are not the zombies, it's the other people, right? Like, just saying. And maybe that distance would be something that I would be interested in. I don't know. So that would be my only three things. So I'm a little, the third one, I'm a little, I'm a little torn on that. But anyways, for the rifle and AR, like AR mags are going to be plentiful. There'll be ammo, a good quality AR with a LPVO. And as far as a pistola, uh, I would lean towards either a Glock or a Staccato. 
Glock, there's going to be parts, there's going to be magazines, there's going to be 9mm ammo, whatever. But I love my Staccatos and my 2011s. I just love them, and I feel like if, I, if I'm limited, if I had to pick one, I would probably still pick a 2011 of some type. So that's my question. I'm looking forward to hearing the comments of what some of our commenters would pick in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, you know, the other one that might not be a bad one to consider is a 22. Like, ammo is light. You can carry a lot of ammo without a lot of weight. Uh, you can still be reasonably effective. And if we're just talking about walkers, I think the 22 would be effective. I mean, their skull and their brain is already deteriorating. And depending on how far along in the apocalypse we are, the 22 could still be effective. I mean, Coral was using, like, knives and stuff, you know, to take down walkers. So, I, I don't know. But here's the thing. I really hope a zombie apocalypse doesn't happen. Because I've been to, like, some abandoned houses and stuff where things have been unkept for only like a month and the nasty smells and rot and everything else. And can you imagine if society was in this decay of a zombie apocalypse? Like I'm kind of over it. No, thanks. Like, you know, I like to do the what ifs. All right. What else we got, Thomas? I like talking zombies. So it's kind of fun. Back to Kevin. Teeth. You know, I don't think so. I haven't heard of any real-world use. I know in some cases um, there have been situations where some of those devices are like for rebar cutting and all that other stuff or as a offset um, device. And actually, ironically, our sponsor uh, just emailed uh, Global Ordnance, was actually just calling. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Let me just text her quick and let her know that uh, we are live and I want to make sure we're not ignoring her. Uh, but, um, anyways, uh, I, I don't think there's any real world use for it for a modern domestic LED to have anything like that. So that's just my, my opinion. I can't think of any other scenario. What else we got from Kevin? What are some good leadership techniques that help set up a good, positive example for firearms work, whether it is teaching, legal testimony, or just being a quality person at the shoot? That's a great question. That's a really good question. As far as that, I feel like, uh, and some agencies do a better job at this than others. Uh, in my opinion, anybody that's going to be taking on a firearms instructor role, a training role, or whatever, there is a leadership component associated with that. And obviously, I wish every agency or organization would pick based on good character, on leadership qualities, on experience, you know, all of those things that really kind of lead into it. Uh, but the reality is, in some places, it's a good old boys club still, and it's who you know, not necessarily what you know or what you're capable of or what your character is. Uh, I think the best part is, is that for the people that are doing a good job is they need to mentor the next generation and trying to, to work with that and build people. And like when I've tried to mentor some of the other people that I've worked with as far as like what I look for in instructing or what I do or, or even like the instructor classes that I teach now, I really try to build in communication because so much of it is not just your knowledge. Like you can have the most knowledgeable dudes in the world, but if they're jerks, if they're really rude and they don't communicate well and they don't develop rapport, people are kind of switched off and disengaged right away. So, uh, man, I could probably make a whole podcast just about that topic. Like, don't get me started on that, but I don't know how many people would listen. It's not flashy. Like right now, everybody wants like, you know, Gucci gear and ninja moves and, you know, all this other stuff. But uh, the reality is I feel like there's a lot of that. And honestly, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. And, and Dustin, if you're still watching, you can relate. Um, 
even in training, like the uh, open enrollment classes or citizen classes or whatever, because not everything I teach is LE anymore, but so many people show up to a class and they're like, I want to do the advanced stuff. I want to do like, you know, room clearing CQB and I want to do like whiz bang this and blah, 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 blah. And I start every one of my classes with an assessment. So I'm going to let a cat out of the bag. If you ever come take a class with me and we do a warm up, it's not really a warm up. I mean, it is, but the reality is I'm kind of assessing everybody. I'm looking at how they stand. I'm looking at how they draw. I'm looking at how their gear is set up. I'm looking at how they present. I'm looking at their target eventually, but I'm kind of assessing to see where this class is at. And the reality is so many people would be better served by really solidifying those fundamentals and then going to some of those other classes. And don't get me wrong, training is good. And I love it when people have skills and they want to learn how to clear a room or you know, stand safely behind cover or you know, draw quickly from close retention and all this stuff, all very valuable. But at the same time, I was teaching a moving class at one uh, club. And when we got to the assessment, like we were struggling to hit past 10 yards. And now we're gonna try to add movement into that. Uh, it, it's just, you know, at what point does it become training versus ballistic masturbation? You know, like, uh, and I, I chuckle a little bit, uh, but the reality is like, we need to be effective with what we're doing and not just like throwing rounds on range because it's fun and cool. Like, I still look at value per round in, in the training environment. So uh, now I don't even know who's calling. Arlington, Virginia. Oh, it's probably the ATF or something. This could be awkward. I'm going to send them to voicemail. If you're watching ATF, I love you. Respect. Okay, I can't keep a straight face. All right, what do we got next? Uh, Tangan arms, arms, I think it is. It's Tangan. It's been documented in many movies that 22 is effective on walkers. There we go. Done. We uh, Many movies. Yep, we're good. Then, Coral. Uh, Coral. Fisher says, do you have any updates on the Washington State semi-auto ban? So there is an injunctions that are being filed. Um, obviously, when I you know work with Rainier, we, we monitor the Washington situation. Um, we're right now we're waiting. Uh, there's a lot of really good organizations that are trying to fight, you know, that horrific piece of legislation. Uh, and even right now, there's a little bit of debate over like certain parts and things like that, that I know some lawyers are reviewing because I, I believe the legislators intent was to shut down the sales of guns, of parts and things like that. And the, the parts that are up for interpretation of that law is, can you still sell parts or can you just stop selling the receivers? And I think that's going to ultimately be debated if there's a, a charge where it's going to have to go to case law or it's going to be litigated, you know, with the injunction. So uh, it's still active right as of now, as of, you know, August 23, when we're talking about this. But I know there are a lot of organizations, Rainier included, that is supporting it financially and with effort uh, to try to fight that horrible piece of legislation that, let's be honest, is it really keeping anybody safer? Come on. I mean, whatever. Don't get me started on that. Like that... That might be a few Malibu in type podcast, and then I, I don't know how that would go well. Go well. <laughs> oh, they left me a voicemail. I'm curious. Uh, my luck, it would be like the ATF, and they they would be like that. And uh, obviously, you know, it is what it is. But I don't have my transcription on. So, anyways, it's probably about my car warranty, Google listing. Who knows? Who knows? We got anything else, Thomas? What do we got for comments? Jason Fazio says thoughts on concealed carry insurance in certain companies. Oh, good question. So this topic has come up before, um, concealed carry ins insurance, and I will be upfront. I don't have it, and it's not because I'm opposed, but it's because I am not 
informed enough to decide which company. Like there's, uh, there's what is it, U.S. Law Shield, there's uh, something concealed carry. Do you know the names of them? Yeah, U.S. US Law, Law Shield, Shield, we work with a little bit, and they, they provide us like a coupon code. Oh, well, sure we can find one of those. Around maybe there. we'll look at a coupon code, and I'll do some research with U.S. Law Shield. Do we have any coupons for U.S. Law Shield? I don't know if we do. We do. We no, do. Where is it? Where is it? So let's give U.S. Law Shield a promo, and I'll see if I can um, do some more research. But so here's what, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, the insurance would basically help you with legal expenses. Because here's the thing. Anytime you use your firearm defensively, uh, even if it's like a righteous 100% good-to-go deal. Thanks, man. We have an affiliate link. We have an affiliate link. All right. Type in Rafa. Type in Rafa with U.S. Law Shield. Uh, R-A-F-A. Uh they will help over with those legal expenses. Now, ideally, if you had to use a firearm to save your life or a loved one, the investigation, hopefully at the scene, would determine like, hey, you're the good guy. We're not going to arrest you. Now, you're probably going to go downtown and have to give a statement, and your firearm will be seized as evidence for the investigation. But best case scenario is you don't spend the night in jail. Okay? Best case. There will still be an investigation, and there will likely still be lawsuits. The criminal side the civil side are two different sides worst case scenario is ultimately you're convicted of a crime, you go to jail, okay? But right in the middle, like, you might be arrested. And there have been people who have been arrested because on the surface, eh, we don't know if this is justified or not. And every state has a little bit different laws, right? Um, so the U.S. Law Shield is going to help you with your legal defense for criminal issues as well as the civil, and that's what you're paying for with that insurance. And I think it might not be a bad idea. Now, you have to ask yourself, probable versus possible, possible, can you afford the insurance, all that other stuff, because ultimately insurance is one of those things that you'll probably never likely use, but when you need it, man, it sure is nice to have, and it sure sucks not to have when you do need it, so that's that's another thing. Maybe we'll um, maybe what I'll try to do is have another guest live, like we had with Holosun. Uh, I don't know if Josh is watching. Josh is a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of his with Holosun, which, by the way, if you're in Wichita, Midwest Pupes, tomorrow, it Rainier, Dave from Guns and Tactics is going to be here. Oh, wait. Sorry, I'm in the wrong mode. But I'm going to be here. And we're uh, having a Shadow Systems Holosun event. We're giving away some really cool stuff. I can't say what it is, but it's really cool. You'll like it. You're going to want to be here at this amazing facility. We'll have demos. Reps will be here. It's going to be awesome. We'll have some deep deals. My nickname tomorrow is going to be Deep Dealing Dave because I'm going to be making some deals for you. Like that guy right over there. Make some deep deals for you if you come back tomorrow on Hollow Sun and Shadow Systems. Deep deals. Deep deals. I like to have fun with people. So, all right. What, uh, yeah, good question. What else we got? I feel like I've talked about that a lot. Any experience with a Rainier 6R? Rainier, I'm sorry, what? 6R, I have not. I want to get a 6 arc. Like, for, I don't, I can't believe it has taken me this long to get a 6 arc. I know we have our 6 arc barrels. So I'm probably going to snag a barrel and some ammo, and I can uh, maybe have some more info. I need to build a six arc. It, the round really, really intrigues me. It looks really cool. I need to build a couple of six arcs, maybe. Trevor Tobin right here says, Ninja running and gunning is best. It is. Trevor, good to see you, my man. I miss you. Uh, Trevor is a good friend of mine from Minnesota, so I always love it when my friends check in. It makes me feel special and warm inside. Anyways, Trevor, uh, and I don't know if, Number seven is watching either. I sent number seven the link. But Trevor, good to see you. And Ninja is the way to go. I agree. In multicam. You need Velcro, multicam, and uh, what was the other Louis Auerbach joke? I can't remember what it was. Oh, Molly, Velcro, and multicam. And if you have that, you're all set. That's all you need. You look the part, right? We got Negro right here saying, going to the gun 
out range days tomorrow. Looking forward to shooting all the John Wick guns, monsoon tactical pistols, and some of the other vendors. Nice. Hey, if you want to do me a favor, I've sent an email to Guns Out TV, and I would love to have them come to TriggerCon. Uh, so I would love to invite those guys. I've sent them an email. I haven't heard back. So if you mention it, mention TriggerCon, which, by the way, I'm not sure where you guys are located. But let's get ready, and let's talk about TriggerCon. TriggerCon is coming up September 22nd through the 24th. There is a link on the screen. I'll have a code in the video description after we go live and this is published. There'll be link, all that other stuff. Uh, Wichita, Kansas. Rainier obviously is going to be, uh, a lot of things from Rainier are going to be there, but TriggerCon is this an amazing event that, man, we have worked so hard. The exhibitor lineup is absolutely amazing. There's going to be uh, probably over 100 by the time we get the final bill of all the manufacturers that you know and love, right? Everything, big names that you're going to be there, SIG, Staccato, CZ, Daniel Defense, uh, Walther, who am I missing, Kimber, EAA, like, those are just some of the gun ones I can remember. Holosun, uh, working with Zeiss. What was it? HK. HK, yeah. So, and like all the cool accessory companies are coming. Like, it is going to be awesome. And here's my favorite part. Truth, truth, like no BS. My favorite thing with Trigger, uh, TriggerCon is that a lot of companies show off their newest stuff, but it's a big enough show to make it worth it where you get to see all these cool people, but it's a small enough show where you get to see everything and you actually get time to meet with people. And here's the cool part with TriggerCon is that a lot of times these companies will send like legit stakeholders in the companies. Like in the past, we've had director level, C-level people, owners, founders, and they are there because it's also a business-to-business -business show, which means they're talking and they're making their deals. But the cool part is, is that those stakeholders are there. We also have a VIP party where there'll be a lot of media and people will have a Golden Trigger Awards. You get to meet with people. There's a lot of cool media personalities that we'll be adding to the website shortly. Uh, big names that you're going to know and love. And it's just going to be an awesome event. So if you are worth making the trip to Wichita, you can get your tickets for TriggerCon. Again, link and code and all that stuff will be in the description. But TriggerCon is an event worth attending. It's a see it then shoot it event. Two days at the range. Uh, I'm sorry, two days at the arena. Then we transition to the range. So then you can try all the cool stuff that you got to see at the show. It's going to be an awesome show. I really, really hope you can come. It'll be worth your time. That's TriggerCon. You can check out the link. Come to the show. It's awesome. Wichita, Kansas, which is actually a really cool town. There's a lot of cool places to do, see, eat, all sorts of stuff. And plus, we get to hang out. What else we got? The almighty Catamus said, hey. Hey. Almighty who? Catamus. Catamus. All right. What do we got for email questions? What are we at? We, uh, we took care of Kevin's. What else we got? I came across your YouTube channel and I was wondering if you know of any mounting option for Sig Romeo 1 Pro on Staccato P. I read Loophole DPP has some footprint, but can't confirm anywhere if, work, if it works for Sig Romeo 1 Pro. Your help would be gracious, greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance, respectfully. Thank you in advance. I appreciate you reaching out. The Pro footprint should be the same as the Delta Point Pro. That's what the Pro means. Uh, I will be upfront with you, my man. If you already have the optic, I'm not trying to poo-poo on it, but the best SIG optic was the Romeo was nine. Is that the one I did the review on? Remember, Thomas, the enclosed open one, the modified oval one? I think it's the nine. I don't remember. Um, some of the early SIG optics, I'm not as much of a fan of because they use socket head cap screws instead of taper screws, and I've seen those screws loosen up a lot. Uh, so some of the more recent SIG optics have been great like the new x series that they came out with the nine that i have uh, actually has been their best to date in my opinion i would really look towards that 
or if you're looking for a delta point pro footprint obviously we have the um even though i know it's called the 320 scs from holosun but that's a delta point pro footprint uh, i have one of those on my staccato c2 that i used a flex plate for so it has the rear sight otherwise we obviously have the delta point which is a great optic on its own and there will be some other stuff that's coming out probably next year that will be delta point pro footprint and here's the thing i'll tell you guys um acro footprint rmr footprint um and with uh the like the r507k rmsc type footprint for the holosun that'll be popular but delta point pro footprint will be popular there's a reason why the new sig optics are coming out with that footprint and that's because the mill contract sig slides delta point pro footprint military contracts the private sector will follow so you are going to see more and i think those few will be kind of the standard footprints that we will see just kind of adopted industry-wide so that's that's my prediction but um, i feel pretty confident with that what else we got Scott Hughes in the comments. Welcome back, regular viewer Scott. Thank you. Have you noticed that Federal has discontinued the 9mm HST 147 grain plus B? That loading was the best performing load from an 8-inch to 9-inch 9mm carbine. With millions of those guns around, why would we, why would they discontinue? I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't know they discontinued the plus B. I actually run 147 HST. I don't, um, my agency, we didn't do the plus P and I use just the 147 HST in pretty much everything, right? I, I love it. I love that round. It's been good. I've seen it go through vehicles and barriers and the ballistic gel tests and all that stuff. And, um, there's a, a, several agencies now that have had OISs with it, but you know, we have real world data. Uh, I don't know why they would discontinue that. I would be curious. I can reach out to my federal rep and actually, he would be another really good guest to have as a live stream. That guy is like literally, I did some old videos with him, with Johan, but he is literally the definition. If you look up ballistic expert in the dictionary, there should be a picture of him. Not only has he been there, done that dude, but now that he works for Federal and ATK, um, he works with our, he's their lead LE military ammunition guy. He would be a great guest. I could probably line that up and we could talk to see. And he would be the guy to tell you, like realistically, the difference between 147 HST and plus P is this much performance. You're gaining this, but you're not losing that. That would be the best one. So I don't want to speak out of my lane on why they would discontinue it. I'm guessing it maybe came down to just a market demand and the, is the juice worth the squeeze? But he would be the guy that I know would give me a square answer and he'd be a great guest. As If you want to learn about ballistics, he'd be the guy to do it. So I should really try to work on that. Great question. Great question. We still got some stuff feeding in? Yeah, Justin Carbacher said, looking full is 99% of the game. That's right. That's why I like you, Dustin, because you look cool. And that is 99% of the game. Totally true. That's why I do feel bad. Like sometimes when you guys see it, like a video where I haven't shaved, I try to grow like an operator beard because I want to try to look cool, you know? And I feel like the operator beard would really give me more internet instant credibility. But then my wife is like, you go scruffy. And then it starts to itch and I just hate it. So then I end up shaving my face and operator beard is gone. But when you guys see that, it's, I'm trying. I'm trying to have operator beard, but I'm not for operators who operate operationally. That's also been my motto. Like, I even had a patch made. Which, speaking of which, if you come to TriggerCon, I'm going to hopefully have some limited edition patches. Come see me. I'm only going to get a few printed. I'll hand them out. But when they're gone, they're gone. So, it's going to be awesome. All right. Who else would you give a shout out to? You know who do? It's Global. Let me know when you're ready. We'll have our logo. Is the logo... Oh, anyways, let's give a shout out to Global Ordnance. 
I love the guys and gals at Global Ordnance. They import and export billions of rounds. They carry all the brands that you know and love at good prices. Plus, if you use my code that will be in the description, which is GT Ammo, you're going to get free shipping on all orders over 200, including cases. If you order heavy cases of ammo, you know that shipping can be really expensive. Like some of the online dealers will sucker you in with a good price, only to find out that it's 50 or $60 shipping per case. Well, with my code at Global, free shipping as much as you want. Free shipping. And they have all these cool brands. And their Sterling line of steel-cased ammo is very attractively priced. And it's been running great. And it looks like polished, duty-grade ammo. I've been really happy. I never thought I would be a guy to say, I'm shooting steel-cased ammo. Like, I've always kind of, you know, had my thumb up or nose up at it. But this Sterling steel-cased is working great. I shoot it in my DWX, my staccatos, whatever. Especially areas where I know I can't recover my brass for recycling or whatever. I don't reload, but it's awesome. Global Ordnance, huge supporters of the channel. They are going to uh, offer the prize for the viewer. And by the way, Art, you won last month. You better get your rear and gear if you want to claim your prize. I need your address. But Global Ordnance, awesome stuff. Check them out. They have sales. They have all sorts of stuff in stock. They import cool stuff. All the weird calibers that you might be looking for, they probably have. The mainstays, they have it as well. Name brands you know and love, plus their import stuff. Um, Bellum, Ingham, Sterling. It's awesome stuff. I've been very, very happy. So I couldn't do it without them. They support the channel. They provide my ammo for the videos and stuff, which is a huge help for me. And I love their stuff. I highly encourage you to check them out. Global Ordnance. Use my code GTAMMO. Free shipping. They'll take good care of you. Customer service is awesome. Good, good people. Like I said, my coordinator called earlier. I got to call her back. She's awesome as well. So I always love hanging out with them. Global Ordnance. What else we got, sir? Email question. Oh, you did it. Looks good, Thomas. You got the logo. It looks great. Mitchell D. Mitchell D. Precision and hand scan guards, and one of the screws stripped out. Mm. Left the wing. What's your advice on how to protect and preserve the hand guard and upper receiver? Sacrificing a $40 barrel nut is acceptable. Yep. If the upper and hand guard can be recovered, undamaged. Yeah. Do you have access to a drill press if necessary? Yeah. Um, so, the general rule with gunsmithing, and gunsmithing and armoring are, believe it or not, different things, even though some, there's some debate. But uh, one of my first early mentor gunsmiths always said, the general rule is if you have to damage something or sacrifice something, you always damage the least expensive part. And if it's not the least expensive, then the most easily replaceable part. So for example, if you were working on an antique gun and you had to damage one thing, what's the cheapest thing to damage and replace? However, if it's the cheapest but it's not available, then you have to kind of go with that availability slide. So if you're okay with sacrificing that, then yeah, you might have to drill out um, that screw or go from there. But depending on what head that screw is and how bad it is, you might be able to use a Torx or a screw removal tool or a left-handed drill bit. So if you can get in there and do all of those things, uh, keep in mind, penetrating oil and heat might be your friend to help loosen that torque bond. And then if you can get in there and just start to get that screw moving, uh, then you might be better off. But yeah, if you have to sacrifice the barrel nut, if that's the cheapest part, that's what I would do. That's totally what I would do. But I generally have had pretty good luck. I know some welders and machinists are really good. Well, what they will do is they get a stripped screw and they'll actually weld in a stud and then they can machine that stud for a flat or they can machine that stud so they can engage it with a wrench or something and they can do some amazing work. I'm not a great welder, so I would never attempt that. But I know that in the automotive industry, that's a common practice for some of the bigger hardware. Now, some of the firearms hardware, it's obviously much harder to weld onto a number six screw or eight screw or something like that. But um, those are some of the things I would do. Sacrifice the cheapest part, easily uh, replaceable part, and uh, 
live and learn, right? You know, live and learn. Proper torque, good quality tools. Make sure that tool is engaged with the fastener, and you'll be good to go. So, good question. No, no, platypus. Like, they, they typed platypus, right? Yeah, but then Ghost also said, have you gotten your plaque? Okay, Ghost, no, I have not gotten my plaque yet, which um, I'm not going to lie. That, for whatever reason, that is a little sentimental and symbolic to me. Like, literally, it's a symbol of your achievement, right? Which is why a plaque. Um, but no, I have not gotten it. I've emailed my YouTube rep. He's out on leave right now. I'm, I'm hoping I get it. I've debated about ordering a counterfeit off eBay just to have something, you know? Because uh, it'll be on the wall. You guys would never know. Like, I let my hair down with the live QA. But it means something to me because uh, when I left my career, I wasn't, I was at like 70,000. And I was just like, you know what? I want to really do this. And this was a goal. I want to grow the channel. I really want to hit that 100K. And that plaque just means that to me. It's a, it's, it's a little symbolic. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a milestone. So I really do want that dang plaque. And then once I do that, I was going to do the behind the scenes video, the shop tour. Maybe we'll just do it anyway. But I really do want that dang plaque. Now, the platypus, the platypus is the 1911 from Stealth Arms that takes Glock mags. And I have it on order, um, but I don't have an ETA yet. But I... It's really called the platypus. It's really called the platypus. And it's awesome. We're going to carry them. Like, they're, they're really cool. So I got to check them out at NRA. And they start at, like, 14 to 17-ish is the price. And I got to say, like, handling them, slide-to-frame fit, barrel lockup, disconnector drag, all that stuff... It really felt like it kind of packed above its punch, or it punched above its price. You know, like uh, they they really felt like a good gun. I can't wait to get it. My uh, my new friend, the humble marksman, he did his video on his. If you wanted to do more homework, uh, but he's uh, you know he's had good things to say. So I, I really am excited, and I think a 1911, a single action trigger that does take those uh, you know cheap and reliable Glock mags, it's going to be awesome. Now, in the shorts that I've done on the platypus, people are always commenting like, "Why this is a 1911? Why would you want it to take Glock mags?" Dudes, are you serious? Let me ask you this. A gun that's reliable and takes magazines that are cheap, available, and reliable. Like, why wouldn't we want cheap, reliable, available magazines? Doesn't make sense to me. Next question, Thomas. Tangen Arms. Tangen. Tangen Arms. What is your opinion on the binary trigger systems, and do you think they are on their way out? Yeah. Nothing more than a range scope. I know, man. I... I've played with a binary trigger, and I can't remember what brand it was, but the the overall trigger feeling, like for me, uh, it was kind of a, a trick, right? Everybody wanted to try it. And a binary trigger, for those of you guys that don't know, is when you pull the trigger, it goes bang. When you release the trigger, it goes bang. Um, but like for me, when I was in like single mode, like the trigger was just gross. Like it was heavy. It was not crisp. It was mushy. It was up, you just disgusting. And then for me, I could overrun it. Like if I was um, not resetting it hard, uh, it would, you know, cause some stoppages or whatever. So I, I don't know. I agree, man. I, I don't think it's something that's needed. I don't think it's something that's as popular. Um, I've also played around a little bit with the forced reset triggers. But again, you know, some of those, like I could get the gun to stop. Like if you really, you know, don't ride the trigger just right, I could get that carrier to hang up. And for me, if it affects reliability and performance or whatever, I... It's a no-go, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I, I'd be willing to try other ones to see, but it's just not my thing. No, if it's your thing, that's cool. It's America. You can do what you want, but that's just kind of my opinion, especially for the price for some of them. Like, some of them are like four or $500, and I'd rather put that money towards ammo, training, optics, whatever. So that's just my opinion. My opinion. 
Jason Barefoot in the comments. Jason in the comments. Thanks for commenting, Jason. Just got my stamps back on my SBR and suppressor. Nice. FYI, took seven months, four days for the SBR, and the suppressor came in following. Nice. So he has that seven months. What kind of SBR and suppressor did you get? Leave a comment. You guys hear freedom? I hear freedom. And then got Ghost 218. What is your opinion on the government saying that aliens are real? <laughs> Who is Ghost 218? I wonder who Ghost 218 is. Ghost 218 might be someone I know. Um, I, I don't know if aliens are real. I guess we'll have to find out. I, I would like to make an informed opinion. But here's the other thing, and not to like get all philosophical. But let's be real, dudes. At night, and you look up, and you see all those stars. Okay? And I don't know if some of them are planets or not. Like, I, I don't know. But does anyone truly believe... That when they look up and they see all those stars, and if some of those are planets, that there's not somebody on that planet looking back at our star wondering, oh, I wonder if there's anybody out there. I, there's got to be, right? Like, are we really the only planet in all of that that has life? Now, I'm not saying that there's other humans or whatever. Who knows? I mean, but I don't know. Kind of makes me think. Maybe we should watch Starship Troopers, Ghost 218. That might be a little young for that. All right, what other... Did Ghost 218 leave any comments? Ghost 218, are you actually 07? Yeah, he said that in the comments like like ten times. So I might know who you know who Ghost Two One Eight is. He may have called earlier. So I think it looks like he also requested to buy an in-app purchase. <laughs> Ghost Two One Eight requested an in-app purchase. We'll have to put that on hold. We'll have to put that on hold. All right, what else we got? Scott Hughes super chat five dollars. Thanks, Scott. I love the super chats. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, that's like a tip. They give me money, which is awesome, right? What recommendations for a 5.56 round to stack deep that's cheap enough for pinking range use but gets the job done if needed in other conditions? Well, you know, our friends at Global Ordnance carry all sorts of 2.23 ammo. And if you use my code, you get free shipping on orders over 200. But, in yeah, he gets free shipping. You get free shipping. Sir, do you need free shipping? Use my code. Yes. Yeah, he needs free shipping. Everyone's going to get free shipping. I, I feel like Oprah. You get free shipping. You get free shipping. Hawaiian shirt day. You get free shipping. It's Hawaiian shirt day here, by the way, which I didn't know that. I would have bought a Hawaiian shirt. Okay, real question, though. Um, obviously, anything FMJ, like 55 grain, XM193, that's going to be able to be cheap, stack it deep, you know, whatever. But XM193, 55 grain, is actually a pretty effective round. Uh, if you have a little bit more money, you can look at some of the heavier stuff. But it's just as far as bang for your buck, cheap, effective, whatever. If I had to buy cheap, stack deep, I'm buying XM193. And I'm buying it from Global Ordnance, using my code to get free shipping. Sorry, shameless plug, but in all reality, they take such good care of me. They'll take good care of you. Uh, I just, I have nothing but good things to say. And that's why I partnered with them, right? Like, I've had other opportunities, but wasn't the quite the right fit. So, yeah. And Kat, if you're watching, which I don't know if she is or not, uh, you know, she's been amazing to work with as well, so... Good people over at Global. Yeah. What else we got, sir? We're coming up on the hour, right? Almost one o'clock. From Bob. Yeah. Think of a different career, Bob. agency but small enough where we all know each other 
so gaining respect at the range is something I need to do. Some okay. other padre have been welcoming and encouraging. Others are phasing out against red dots and dating. Got it. So Bob, who is it? Oh, yeah. This was the email. So Bob uh, emailed me. And he didn't want his real name to be on there in case some of his partners would see that. Now, here's the thing. First off, Bob, I do appreciate. I'm flattered that you think I'm cool enough that other people would watch this. But I think we have, what, two people watching? I don't even know. It says it up top 30. somewhere. 30? Well, dirty 30. All right. Yeah, we got a live studio audience as well. That guy's watching. Um, but anyways, uh, so here's what the best advice. And this maybe kind of goes back to Kevin's question about that. Uh, number one, I would say this. Anytime that you are having the opportunity to influence others like cause that's really what we're trying to do with training we're trying to influence people right she's got me on the on the mic there yeah uh be passionate and be sincere if you don't show up with your a game people are going to pick up on that okay so like every class i go to and sometimes when i go to a class i'm jet lagged i'm traveling or whatever but i try not to let that affect class and one of the best comments i got from a student um and, and i really uh, this was like truly take it to heart some feedback was how he judges an instructor is how enthusiastic and how much passion that instructor has at hour one, day one, and how much passion and enthusiasm they have at day three, last hour. And do you see a, a steady decline? Do you see the same? And how he judges an instructor is that. And he says, he goes, man, and you were just as enthusiastic on day one, hour one, as you are right now giving us our certificates. And that is a really, you know, good sign or whatever. And that made me really take that to heart of like how I act, because there have been classes where I'm sure I've deteriorated and I've faded down. And I've been to classes that start out really good. And then you can tell the instructors just dragging like, all right, guys, let's, let's, let's get this done. Let's push through and wrap this up. And, and they're kind of already checked out, right? Um, and I've had other instructors who are like, all right, three o'clock, 300 rounds. Now it's time to go. And it's, it's tough. So my thing is be passionate, be sincere, have a plan, and just try to transfer the knowledge that you have. Try to ask them like what's important. Try to gauge what the goal is. Don't just go there with a random plan like, all right, guys, we're going to put holes in paper. But try to actually build people. Try to actually make them better and try to lead by example. And here's the other thing I'll tell you is I've been to instructor schools where the old school dated instructor, which sounds like maybe some of the old people that are hopefully phasing out, said, yeah, I don't do demos. I don't recommend you guys do demos. And if you do one demo and you mess up, you've lost all your credibility, so don't do demos. Well, I do demos, okay? I want people to see that what I'm demoing is realistic and what, you know, lead by example. And have I missed in front of a class at a demo? Absolutely, and I'll tell like, hey, I missed and here's why. This is the diagnostics that I did. I own that miss, and here's what I'm going to do right to fix it because I want to learn from that miss. And then I redo the drill and hopefully have a good demo, right? So it's you're human. You're not always going to be perfect. And I've been with other instructors who have shanked demos, and then they call through it and they walk through it. So be passionate, be sincere, be curious, okay? Kind of like Ted Lasso said, be curious because it's okay when you go to a class and you look at a drill like, why are they doing that? What's the point of it? What am I gaining from it? Be curious. And it's okay to be critical and realize that, you know what, that's a little gimmicky. It doesn't really work for us. Or that's competition-based. And there are certain things that you're going to do on the competition bay that you're never going to do on the street and vice versa. So it's okay to know what the role is and know what the lane is and, and kind of go from there. So uh, that's a really great question. Maybe that, like I said, I'm I've joked about making uh, a separate podcast on like instructor craft, which is my term for trying to be the best instructor you can be. 
And maybe that's something where we can interview other instructors and, and kind of go from there. That'd be kind of cool. So anyways, was that our last email question, I think? Yeah. All right. Do we have any other comments? Yeah, we got Jerry Lee, my chief, and I were just discussing aliens at work yesterday in the squad room. Talks are the best. Yeah. LOL. And then we got Rick Tillery. Hey, yo, from OKC. Hey, you're from OKC. That's not that far from Wichita, Kansas, which is where TriggerCon is going to be September 22nd through the 24th. See it, then shoot it. Come to Wichita. TriggerCon. Awesome show. Cody, are you coming to TriggerCon? Sir, are you coming to TriggerCon? Yeah. He's coming. You coming to TriggerCon? Hawaiian shirt, are you coming to TriggerCon? Everybody's coming to TriggerCon. You need to come to TriggerCon too. Shameless plug. Then we got Degrawl. Love my platypus. Been using it at IBPA from inside the waistband. Great trigger. Last IBPA, I used both SIG and Winchester defensive ammo with no issues. Nice. Uh, you've told me that you have had a platypus before, I think. And see, in, you, in your positive range report. Now, uh, Degrawl, maybe you can comment. Am I off basis, or maybe it was just show guns? But when you le legit, when you picked up that gun, and you know they retail for a really good price point, fit, finish, lockup, overall, like just a first impression. Were you not impressed? Like I picked that that platypus up, and I was really impressed. I thought they were packing, packing above their price point. Like I thought they put together a really nice gun. Now obviously proof is in the pudding. I'll shoot it, make sure it runs, trigger, all that stuff. But lockup, everything felt really good for a production gun that takes Glock mags. So that's my first question for you, if you can comment. Next question, have you noticed any magazines getting chewed up with that metal mag catch? Uh, that's the other, only other thing that I'm kind of curious about is how is how is it gonna be treating polymer magazines? Because generally it's polymer mag catch, polymer mags, metal catch, metal mags, but I'd be curious with your thoughts. So when if he comments back, I would love his feedback. So, what? Uh, all right, good question, Talix? Yep. Cool. So, uh, in order to buy a suppressor, despite what the left agenda says, you have to go through a pretty lengthy process. You have to go to a dealer, and then once you buy it, you have to then apply for a transfer to get approved. Is basically the best way to look at it. They call it a tax stamp. You fill out a form with the kiosk. You submit your photos, your fingerprints. It goes to the federal government. They do a background check on. You pay your $200 tax. Once they give you that stamp of approval, then that gets sent back to the dealer, and the dealer says, yes, the ATF has approved you. They've taken your $200, and you can leave with this suppressor. Silencer uh, co uh, kiosks, it's generally really good. Like They streamline it. They do the fingerprints. They do the photos. It's a no-fuss, no-muss way. Um, in fact, don't we have a, one here? Yeah, we have one here. It, it really works out well. I would just personally do that. And then what's nice is that they you can track the process along the way. Um, now, as far as which suppressor to get, here's the thing I'll warn you, okay? Suppressors are like holsters. You're not going to end up with just one. And by the time you get your first suppressor, you're going to be like, oh, this is cool. Like, once, you're, once you've accepted, like, you know what? I'm on the list. I'm in the system. Then it's like, whatever. Now, I don't even know how many suppressors I have. I just kind of, they accumulate and they multiply. Um, but in my opinion, the best suppressor for everybody to get, like your first one that's actually going to make you the most enjoyable with it, is a rimfire suppressor. Those will actually make a rimfire gun quiet to where you're just like, this is awesome. And they're relatively inexpensive, four or five hundred bucks. Now, when you add a suppressor to a 223, it just takes the bite off. But man, they're still, they're still bite. You know, like it, it's still loud. 
it could still hurt depending on how short your barrel and ammo and indoors without ear pro, but it just takes the edge off. You know, like they'll say it drops it down to hearing safe, but again, depending on ammo, indoors, barrel length, all that stuff, it's still loud. Um, precision rifle cans are cool. Um, in my opinion, the ones that the cans that I use the least are my pistol cans. Like by the time you add the suppressor on the pistol and you have to deal with the holster and all that, like. I just shoot pistol cans the least, and I only own a couple, but like PCC cans, like a three lug can on like a nine or anything like that, those are those are fun too. And then you can get like subsonic rounds, uh, which I have some Sterling Steelcase subsonic that I got from Global that uh, I have for some upcoming PCC videos, and those are those are pretty cool too. So rimfire can, maybe a nine millimeter carbine can, a rifle can, precision rifle can, and the, just the ones for me that I use the least are uh, my pistol cans. So that's just kind of my thoughts. So what else we got, Thomas? Right on. Hey, who said that? Scott Hughes. Okay, Scott, have you tried my other hack? Because I know we've talked about tater tot hot dish before. Now, for those of you watching in every other state other than Minnesota, you call it casserole. However, in Minnesota, we call it hot dish. And in Minnesota, we usually call it hot dish with the little, little accent here. Uh, cream of bacon soup. You probably use cream of mushroom soup, right? Or maybe cream of chicken? Cream of bacon soup. Yes, it is a real thing. You might have to order it, or you might have to go to that one weird grocery store. But cream of bacon soup, legit. Bacon bits to your hot dish. Legit. Legit. Hello from South Florida. South Florida. We had Texas, South Florida. That's awesome. We got some good mileage in. I appreciate it. Ooh, I love mac and cheese. Have you ever smoked mac and cheese? Like, I even go to Costco and get the pre-made mac and cheese, like the, the deli stuff, and I'll throw that in the smoker, uh, and that's really good, too. But I haven't I haven't done homemade mac and cheese in a long time. I probably should. I need to find a, a recipe. So. And then Dixon Barefoot said, to answer your question, there was a Daniel Defense DDM 4D7S and a Surefire RC2. Dude, nice stuff. Nicely done. That's your first SBR in your first can? I'd say you did well, my friend. Those are nice hard use items. Looking good. Tanging arms with a $10 super chat. Tanging arms. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Seven. I didn't see what that was. That last comment? Someone end a watch? Oh, so it's kind of a memory of Officer Jake. Oh, yeah, from Fargo. Fargo, yeah. That was a sad deal. That was a, definitely a sad deal. And his uh, funeral was actually in a town really near me because uh, that's where he had some family and stuff. So uh, very sad deal. So, yeah, in memory of him, man. Cheers to cheers to all, Officer Walleen, man. Rest in peace. Good deal. And that's on that platypus, which is, again, the 1911 that takes Glock mags. So, yeah. Uh, we're coming up on the hour here, dudes. I, I appreciate you spending your lunch with me. We're coming up on 1 o'clock. And if it's starting to start to trickle down, we can probably wrap up. We got through all of our email questions, and then we'll have to pick a random uh, comment here to give a prize from Global. But if you guys still have a couple comments, we got a little bit of time left. Whatever happened to 458 Silcom, it was on the short around seven years ago. Yeah, some of those rounds, like, so that's why I'm a little hesitant to get on some of the new rounds. Like, look at what happened to 224 Valkyrie as well. Like, that was supposed to be the cool, the cool short, you know, AR round. Um, and then we had, you know, 6 Arc now. 
uh, or like the SOCOM or like 8.6, you know, but like, so I like to give these rounds a little bit of time to see if they catch on. Like 300 Blackout obviously caught on, and that's here, and that's a cool round. 8.6 I think is going to catch on, right? But some of those other rounds, I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think so, if you don't get, if you come out with a new round and you don't get big factory support from like Federal, from Hornaday, um, and then from some of the import brands or whatever, I just don't think the round has as much. Now, Precision Rifle, Wildcats, that's a whole different deal. But I'm talking for like mainstream, mainstream adoption. I don't know. I, I kind of want to get an 8.6, but... I'll probably get one, but I, I want to get a six arc more. I want to get a six arc more. What do you want to get? You want to get a six arc? Yeah, you should. Were we caught up? Are we caught up on comments? Cody, any questions for the show before we wrap it up? Any questions? Yeah. Um, are there going to be additional swag? Everyone loves swag. Everybody loves swag. I'm going to have some limited edition swag at TriggerCon. Limited edition. Over 90 vendors. I'm super, super excited. He's super excited. I don't know if we can hear him because of the microphone. But over 90, close to 100. And they're good vendors, too. Like, we're not talking, like, Bob and Tom's beef jerky or, like, Billy Bob's folding knives. We're talking legit vendors from all the people that you know and love. So, TriggerCon, you got to be there. Wichita, Kansas. Is that how you pronounce it? Wichita? No, Wichita. I know. If you're watching, you know who you are, Wichita. But I don't know if they are. What about 350 Legend? Here to stay? I don't know. What do you think, 350 Legend here to stay? I don't know. Some of these weird cartridges. It's not really a weird cartridge. It's actually pretty decent. The 350 Legend as well as the 450 Bushmaster. Yeah. 450 Bushmaster got it to start on an AR platform. Yeah. We got Cole off camera here. but uh, So, yeah. I think it, I think they definitely have a place. I think they're really, really going to take and find a decent place in more than um, – I would say um, in um, the Scout Rifle platforms. Scout Rifle would be kind of cool. I Scout agree. Rifle yep. platforms, yep. With the 350 and the 450, Bush, 350 Legend and 450 Bushmaster, I think, would offer a lot of capability and in a very light platform rifle that's yeah short. That's uh, you know absolutely uh, worth its weight and gives a lot of potential to to what's needed. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hopefully you guys can hear it all right. We probably should have thought about turning that mic off when we're not using it. I don't know if it's picking up a lot of ambient noise, but hey, have you guys complained about the audio? It's have we gotten, okay, we, yeah. I'm using the wireless mic kit, so it's it's good there. Um, but yeah, like I was talking about with uh, like 458 SOCOM, it's, it's all about getting big factory support when it comes to ammo. So if you can get the big heavy hitters to support that round, then obviously it's gonna stay. So Federal, uh, Hornaday, Black Hills, SIG even, they're making a lot of ammo on their own. And then obviously you have the uh, the imports and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that covers it. What else? Got any other comments or are we wrapping up? Sean Zimmerman, love the live. Well, Sean Zimmerman, I love that you love it and I love that you're watching live. I appreciate it. Like doing, honestly, dudes, doing these live streams is one of my favorite things because we get to interact. We get to answer your questions. Uh, I love giving away stuff. But plus, it's just cool because we get to hang out and then I publish it. I don't have to edit it, which is like selfishly why I like it. Cause then I just hit one button and Thomas knows cause he's a video editor, you know, like <laughs> it's nice not to have to edit and do everything else. And it's kind of cool to be here at Rainier Arms Firearms Academy because uh, the couch is way more comfortable than my workbench. We've had kind of some people coming and going. It kind of just gives a different element. So I love hanging out here. And if you guys are in uh, Wichita, you got to stop by. Like I can't give a specific promo to the webpage cause that violates policy. So 
But Google Rainier Arms Firearms Academy in Wichita. It's a great place, like awesome facility. They have all sorts of cool stuff, live bays, stuff you can rent, stuff you can demo. And by the way, every Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day, which I didn't know about, but it's legit Hawaiian Shirt Day. Like literally from office space. So, yeah. Yeah, military contracts always help. I'm curious, and for those of you that don't know, there are some military units that are using 300 blackout, and I'm really curious to see how 8.6 uh, comes along as well, because I think I think there's some potential there, right? And um, now that there is a SAMI spec for 8.6, I think that is going to stick around, and that's something that that uh, that I want to try. Thank you, Cole. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right, Thank you. you. What, what else we got? Philip, Lynn, where are we going to for lunch? That's a good question. We'll have to figure that out. And then Tangent Arms again. Who is making the SIG optics? SIG isn't doing it themselves. I'm sure they are just slapping their name on them, right? Not necessarily. The same one. Oh, same one? Okay. Okay. So we all know some of SIG stuff looks similar to other stuff, um, and it wasn't ported or whatever. But some of their new stuff is their design, and um, SIG Optics has actually hired a lot of engineers from another company in the Northwest. Um, and some of their stuff, their magnified optics, some of their new pistol optics and everything is specific SIG engineered and SIG designed stuff. Now, uh, as far as where they're manufacturing it, I can't, um, I know a lot of things about the industry and some of which I really can't disclose. Uh, versus various NDAs and stuff like that. But a lot of companies, a lot of optic companies, all of their scopes are made by a manufacturer in Japan. And it's no internet secret, okay? If you Google Light Optical Works or LOW, they make scopes for a lot of companies. There are other companies like Light Optical Works that manufacture an OEM, red dots, magnified optics, scopes, all that stuff, and they do that for various companies. So some of these companies that are out there, they don't have like a glass shop and a machine shop and whatever. They contract with these companies that make optical devices. And they make optical devices not just for the shooting world, but they also make it for binoculars, spotting scopes, telescopes, microscopes, anything with glass in it, right? That's what they do really, really well. But these companies will come up with their own recipe that is specific to them. So where every optic is getting made, it kind of depends on the product line. Some of it's made in China, some of it's made in the Philippines, some of it's made in Japan, some of it's made in Vietnam. There's different companies out there. There's even some German and Switzerland stuff uh, for some brands. Some of the big brands like Zeiss, for example, Zeiss does a lot of stuff in-house, okay? Uh, but some of the other big popular brands like Vortex, Night Force or whatever, they contract with some of these manufacturers to make their optics for them and that's no secret now. As far as SIG specifically, I don't know where some of their stuff is made, but the new SIG stuff is impressing me more and more, and it is made to their spec by their contracted manufacturers, and that's a common practice in a lot of companies. Now, you look at a different company like Aimpoint, Aimpoint makes their own stuff because they make just Aimpoint, but they still get components and things from other companies, but that's just kind of how the industry works. So just because SIG necessarily might not be making stuff, don't, don't poo-poo on them because there's a lot of other companies that don't that are very respected products. So hopefully that helps. That's a little bit of insider, a little bit of in industry knowledge and whatever. And, and again, nothing like that is is super secret, but um, there's other stuff I, I 
I have to be a little cautious because I don't want to make sure I violate some NDAs and stuff. Like, for example, with the Trigicon RMR HD, I was under an NDA that I couldn't talk about it until August 1st, you know, that kind of stuff. So that just kind of happens in the industry. What else we got? Girl said SIG does optics out in Oregon. They have their own factory. Yeah, so they're, some of their high-end stuff they're probably doing in their own. Uh, I know some of their entry level was outsourced, but yeah, some of their made in America. But like I said, SIG optics lately have really been impressing me. Like that new Romeo 9, the new X stuff, some of their magnified stuff. Like um, I need to pick up a 1 to 6, actually, one of their mill contract scopes to throw on my spear. But some of, some of the SIG stuff is just, they've really come a long way. Really come a long way. I got a mad respect for them. Yeah, let's do a giveaway. Let's do a giveaway. So here's how the giveaway is going to work. We're going to go ahead and throw the rules up on the screen. Give me a thumbs up when the rules are on the screen. All right. So the rules. Please review the rules. Don't be greedy. If you have a prize, please claim it. Email me. Make sure you're watching all that stuff. Uh, we are going to go ahead and pick a random comment or email in just a moment. We'll throw that random comment or email on the screen. And then you'll email us and then we'll get you your prize. Thomas, are we ready to pick our random comment? Yeah, let him pick it. All right. Say stop. Stop. All right. What's the comment? Who's who's winning? Scott. Scott. Which one? Scott Hughes. Scott Hughes is the winner. What comment won? Good afternoon. That's it? Good afternoon one. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you very much for winning, Scott. We're going to go ahead and get in touch. Send us an email to the email address shown below. That is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. Let me know when it's up. We're... <laughs> Perfect. No? Oh, 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 yep. There it is. All right. Go ahead and send us an email to the email address shown below. That is the QA at gunsandtactics.com. Scott, we can go ahead and claim your prize. We'll put you in touch with Global. They'll send you a care package of Freedom Pills or Freedom Seas. Now, here's the other cool thing, guys. If you can't make the live stream, send your email uh, or send your question to that email. We'll get it on the show and we still will enter you for the prize. And you can sign up for our newsletter, all that cool stuff. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Huge, again, shout out to TriggerCon. That is September 22nd through the 24th in Wichita, Kansas. I'm going to be there. A lot of other creators are going to be there. I would love for you to join. We'll have a link in the description. Get your tickets. And in fact, if anybody, if you guys, the live viewers, are watching and you guys need some tickets or something, send an email. I'll see what I can do to help you out. Maybe we'll give away some tickets, stuff like that. If you're going to come, let me know if I can help you out. I'd love to see you at the show. And again, huge thanks to Global Ordnance for their support. We couldn't do it without their support of our prize. So, Thomas, I think that's going to do it for us, right? No more questions, comments, cares, concerns? All right. Thank you guys very much for watching, and have a great day.